Welcome to Writers Get Trash. Writers Get Animated. Thanks, Forky. Uh, today, Toy Story 4. Stay tuned. Welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and what does it mean to have a soul. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. And today we're talking about Toy Story 4, the latest film in the Toy Story cinematic universe? Saga? I feel like saga is not used as frequently as it should be. That's true. I feel like this is a saga. But there's all the spin-off stuff, too. Does that get included in the saga? I guess that would would be like the extended universe of Toy Story. The Toy Story Saga and the Toy Story EU. Let's see. A (laughs) long story of heroic achievement. Yeah, I think Saga fits. Okay. In a way. I mean, we we shall see. We shall determine that. We'll put it up into the saga test. We don't have a test for these things. Saga scale. I could get pa- some litmus paper if we need it. Patent pending. Pat not, pending. For the, not for litmus, but for the saga scale. <laughs> um, so today, yes, Toy Story 4. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, we will be discussing what this film means and what part it plays in the Toy Story saga just looking at from how far we've come you know in living this saga together as an audience (laughs) and it does feel like that and I don't mean that in a bad way it just feels like there's never been a long enough time without a Toy Story movie that it's really been over yeah there's always something Toy Story it's not a bad thing. Right. And when there's not a Toy Story movie, there's a Toy Story land. Oh, yeah. You know, that, that opens somewhere. and The merch. Can't forget the merch. The merch. So we get the first Toy Story, 1995. Toy Story <sighs> 2, 1999. Four years later. Four Toy years. Story okay. 3, 2010. 11 years later. And now Toy Story 4, 2019, nine years after that. Or, as I saw someone point out on Twitter, I forget who it was, but credit to this person. <clears throat> it's now been, it is longer time between Toy Story 4 and the first Toy Story, that's 24-year distance, than it was between Phantom Menace and the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. That's 22 years. Oh my gosh. We've lived to the Toy Story prequel era. So, Toy Story prequels will now be a thing? I I think we'll get into that later. (laughs) (laughs) How sagging will this saga be? I don't know. I honestly, like, I love Toy Story. I haven't followed all the, the side stuff as much. I know vaguely of, like, all the shorts and specials, and I tried to write down the years instead of the names. So shorts and specials in 2011, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, and different TV shows in 1996 and 2000, 2001. 
And these all seem to have cameos and Easter eggs in Toy Story 4. Like, I'm vaguely aware of them enough to go like, oh, that's the dinosaur lunchbox from the thing they did on TV. Right. <laughs> they had holiday specials and additional specials and um, things like Partysaurus Rex was out there. They had Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, where what if we did the show that Buzz Lightyear was the merch of? Which is fun. It's meta. That fit is very 2000. Yeah, yeah. It worked. So, um, and now we have, I can't believe that it's been nine years. It feels like Toy Story 3 just happened. Yeah. I know I didn't see it in theaters either. So I think I was a couple years behind in that one. That was like that weird period where I was graduating college and trying to like have money. <laughs> So I missed a lot of pop culture stuff for like four or five years. Yeah, that'll do it. It's probably only been like <laughs> six or seven years for me. Okay, for me, I saw it opening weekend. Because, you know, I love Toy Story. Um, for me, it's all about Tom Hanks. Specifically Tom Hanks? I think so. I feel like, well, well, we'll get into the character of Woody, but I feel like the Toy Story saga borrows a lot of Tom Hanks's credibility mm. and authenticity. And with, I think if it was a different actor, we'd be in a different place. I'd agree That's, with that. I think there's something about Tom Hanks, Tom, Mr. Hanks, your delivery is just so pure and authentic. I feel like we're best friends whenever you're speaking. This may be a controversial take, but I feel like Tom Hanks also started the character of Woody before Tom Hanks was big. I mean, like modern no, day no big. Not in Big, but in like Big, big yeah. himself. Okay. Because yeah. Big came out uh, when I was a kid, so... Before he was like ultra famous. Yeah, he was famous and know then, but now he's like ultra famous. He's one of those pervasive and everywhere. He's the Meryl Streep of men. He's moved from person to persona. Ooh. There's your Writers Can Animated Wisdom of the Day. Mmm. Nougaty. There's, the, there's Tom Hanks the person. There's Tom Hanks... The role, much like the Queen of England, you know, the Queen, the King has two bodies, their corporal body of who they are and the, the role that this is something I heard about yesterday, <laughs> the role that they play as the Queen. So it's like, there's Tom Hanks and then there's Tom Hanks. The role of Tom Hanks. I kind of feel like he's turning into like a more gentlemanly Bill Murray. Yeah. Which, like Bill Murray's quirky and he's got that going. And that I like that and that's fine too. And I also like what Tom Hanks has as more gentlemanly. But you'd also equally expect him to like just be in your grocery store in your town and be totally cool about it. Like, oh yeah, I am Tom Hanks. Here, I'll sign that bag of bread for you. Yeah, let's let's buy one of these Sharpies. We'll remember to pay for it when we get to the register, but here you go. This has been Tom Hanks. 
Yeah. That's how I, that's how I imagine most things would happen with him. I, he just, I almost bought a book by Tom Hanks last night at a bookstore. Like, oh, Tom Hanks, like, I almost grabbed it, but I just wasn't ready for it. You weren't ready for the Hank. Hanks. Hanks. Because he goes H-A-N-X, but, um, which I think is fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, that was slightly a long. That was the writers get fanboy moment of the day. Right. So there you go. Tom Hanks. And not to say that Tim Allen isn't great and, you know, does some of the same things. But I feel like the heart of Toy Story is found in Woody. Mm-hmm. And, and I think will... that's illustrated by the amount of screen time <clears throat> Woody and Buzz have gotten in the movies over time. Right. Like, Buzz is fun, but can he carry his own film in the Toy Story world, not in the Buzz Lightyear world? Right. I follow. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear as a character, yes, you could probably do his story. But as a character in Toy Story, as the toy Buzz, I don't think he's working out as much. Mm-hmm. Maybe in nine years, Toy Story 5... It, it could be about Buzz, but we'll see. We'll see if, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about whether there should be or maybe a Toy Story 5 later on. But um, I think we're still in the spoiler-free zone. Oh, yeah, totally. There's so many like non-spoiler things to talk about with this movie. I feel like so, the trailer told you nothing about the plot. It, which is so exciting. Yeah. I hadn't... I had no idea going in. I was like, how is this carnival and these other things, how, how is this all going to come together? I have no idea. Like road trip and a carnival? And what are you guys doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Because I can't string together what this is about. Good thing. That was a good thing. Yeah, I don't like it when... It seems like the animated movie trailer trope now is you have like the first trailer is just about the characters. You get none of the plot. And that's not a criticism of the future Adams Family movie, which I'll go see. But that is a good example in the current oeuvre of the trailer that's out there is just the characters. No idea of what's going to happen in the movie. You get that and you sit there for like three or four months. <laughs> and then yeah. maybe you get a plot trailer that's kind of like the beginning plot. And then you get like a middle plot trailer. And then like the week before they release like Secret Life of Pets and all this like uh, Illumination movies, the final trailer they always advertise is like the end plot of the movie. Yeah. And I like that Pixar doesn't feel behooven to the modern animated movie trailer template. Yeah. Because I don't want to know what happens. That's why I want to see the movie. I guess they don't trust audiences. I mean, here's the thing. It's Toy Story 4. All they have to be like, hey, there's another Toy Story movie coming out. And then that's their trailer, which incidentally was one of their trailers. <laughs> yes, you are right. You know, they had the, the new... Um, uh, Bunny and Ducky characters talking about, oh, did you hear they're doing another Toy Story movie? Like that, that was their trip. Like there was an actual Toy Story trailer about them doing another Toy Story movie. 
which might lead you to believe that Bunny and Ducky are integral characters in this plot. Spoiler free. Spoiler free. So, um, what else can we say for those folks? We're not going to ruin stuff since we're still in the spoiler free zone. What can we say for people who haven't seen trailers about what they might be getting from Toy Story 4 and why they should possibly be interested in seeing it? Well, the trailer that you haven't seen um, promises a new element to the Toy Story mythos overall. And that's Forky, who is a plastic spork that has googly eyes and like colorful piping for hands. And their new kid, Bonnie, has created and loved. And because of that, and the spork has been turned into a toy, has come to life and has these existential problems with like, what does it mean for me to be a toy now and alive as opposed to a spork and made for eating <laughs> when I wasn't alive, but seem to have memories of, I don't know. Um, so that's the trailer we're given, which is a part of the movie, but I would say it's not the, the main plot. I think without going too spoilery, like the first 10 minutes of the film give you um, as good movies do the the current static state of the world for our characters like what is the world that they live in like and they're still with bonnie bonnie's grown up a little bit plays with them loves them is going into kindergarten um but as kids do their taste in toys changes over time and woody isn't picked to be played with hardly as much at all or ever um, and is no longer the leader of the toys. So how does Woody fit into this world? Similar to Forky wondering how does Forky fit into the world of being alive? Mm -hmm. I, I think that's pretty good with getting to the through the first 10 minutes. So there you go. If <laughs> that's that's where we are. If you're not sold already, hopefully that sold you. <laughs> Although I think part of the greater conversation about Toy Story 4 is like, I find a lot of people aren't um, as big of animation fans for some reason keep asking like, why do we need a Toy Story 4? But you don't hear that question about like, why do we need a 22nd Avengers movie or a 25th Bond movie or a 13th Star Wars movie or a 9th Harry Potter movie? The same people aren't asking those questions. I think for a lot of people... The conflating animation and good writing, if that makes sense. Where people might see, what's a good example? Why do we need a seventh Ice Age movie? I couldn't tell you. Having seen the first one, which is pretty good, and the second one, which was uh, not there. Um, I don't know why we need a seventh Ice Age movie. I haven't seen the last three. Toy Story 4, um, I think I had the same thoughts, like, why does this movie need to be? And we're going to talk about that once you've seen the movie and resume our podcast. <laughs> One last thing before we go into the spoiler zone, because I feel like we're inching closer towards it. But I think part of that feeling of why do we need this is because 
Pixar does a really good job of tying up stories. So their stories that they're telling are easily tied up. And you feel like, wow, that was a really, that was an organic and satisfying end to the initial question that you asked. So Toy Story ends, the original Toy Story ends. The, the big question is, can Woody and Buzz coexist? Can Woody accept Buzz into a, you know, someone else who's trying to get the love of Andy? And the answer is yes, and they're going to be better for it, and they'll be stronger and have a good relationship. And you're like, great. Well, I don't need another movie. That, that's terrific. You know, I'm done. And then you get Toy Story 2 with the bigger, stronger questions. You're like, oh, well, that was really satisfying and fun to spend time with those characters. I'm fine. And you end up with Toy Story 3, and it's like, okay, so now we've moved on. Andy's given his toys away to this young girl, Bonnie. I don't see how you could have another story. That's, that's like the perfect end, not just to that, but to all three of these films that have happened. So, oh, the, the great conclusion of the story we've been, you know, been, been sold of this young boy and his toys. But it's not Andy's story. You're right. It's not Andy's story. It's not an Andy story. It's Toy Story. Uh, like little pearls of wisdom coming from Chris. There you go. There you go. Well, I think we're ready to punch it. I think we can move, you know, to spoilers and beyond to if we're going to have this conversation. Okay, so stop now. If you haven't seen Toy Story 4 and you really, really don't want to know what happens, stop the podcast now. We'll be here. You downloaded us. We're not leaving your phone without your permission. You have to come in and delete us. <laughs> I, I went off track there. All right. Two spoilers and beyond. Punch it, Chewy. Now it's mixing Disney franchises. Hey, it's all this. It's all we're all one universe, man. <laughs> Ralph breaks the Internet. Ralph breaks, Ralph the, breaks internet. the Internet. Yeah. Which I rewatched the other day, and it's more satisfying the second time. I'm excited to rewatch it. I think it's on Netflix now, right? Tis. Okay. I'll have to enjoy that before Disney+. Plus. Anywho, <laughs> Toy Story 4. Or 4, Toy 4 Toy 4 That would Toy be the, like the Fast and Furious version of this movie. Toy 4 yeah. <laughs> Um. So as a fourth film, Chris, does this movie justify why it exists? I, it depends. It depends. Because um, we, just, we just talked about how it's not called an Andy story. It's Toy Story. So if you figure out whose story it is, if it's about Woody and his relationship with Andy, then no. But if all these stories have been different ways of learning about Woody, where Woody is the main character of the Toy Story saga, um, then yes, I think it does justify itself there. 
um, somebody asked me like, well, what, what, what else do they have to say? Like Andy gave them away. We're done. It's like, well, what if it's not about Andy? Mm-hmm. What and if it's, it's not. not about that? And I think, I mean, I think Toy Story 4, Woody spends the entire movie also thinking it's about Andy. And that's his problem to overcome. Right. Because he wants it to be Andy again. Like we as an audience maybe want it to be Andy again. But it's not Andy. It's different. No two people are the same. And if we can't get what we want. I mean, now that sounds really dark when I've tied it to the movie. No, it's not about that. We can't always get what we want, but we can enjoy it anyway. Right. And I think. Okay, if we, if we look at Toy Story 3, which everyone can only remember the ending. <laughs> I, think, I remember all the Ken and Barbie parts. Oh, yeah. Okay. I forgot about those. See? Um, and then escaping from a Mexico, maximum security daycare. Uh, I think we remember the incinerator. Like, that feels like a very important moment in Toy Story lore, which is we're going to die, but we're going to die together. Mm -hmm. So that's about us. Hey, we're together and it doesn't matter that we're going to be incinerated. It doesn't matter that we're not getting back to Andy's. It's about us being a family together. And it doesn't matter where we go. And then, so when they get passed on to Bonnie, they're living in that reality of, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, we're all still together and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to have new adventures because there's another kid and she's going to play with us and it'll be fine. And I think Toy Story 4 is about two complications to that question of it doesn't matter because we're still together. Complication number one, like, is there a situation where it could matter, even though they are still together? <laughs> and number two, are they all still together? Because Bo Peep was in like one second of Toy Story 3. <laughs> and it wasn't at the yeah. end. I think a lot of Toy Story 4 was like, oh yeah, Bo Peep. Well, they do mention in Toy Story 3, like that, I almost said Tom Hanks, that Woody is feeling the loss of... Bo Peep, he says, you know, we all couldn't be here like Bo Peep. And he notices and feels the loss of her, um, which is where, where we see um, Toy Story 4 begin mm-hmm. on that night where Woody makes a decision and is separated from Bo Peep. In a, it's, it's a really tough way to start this movie. You start to see okay, this is a deeper, more emotional journey that we're going to be on. Not in terms of um, scary, scary emotions like, hey, we're all going to die. Let's join hands. But um, there's something, there's a deeper question being asked. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like that she's, she's been purchased by this collector guy or this person who was going to give her to his daughter some you don't really quite understand anyway bo peeps in a box and she invites woody to join her in the box and woody hears andy looking for him like 
frantic. I can't find Woody. I can't find Woody. Woody's gone. Where's Woody? And he makes a decision that his loyalty, no matter what Woody wants, Woody would want, he's clinging onto the side of that box, ready to climb in. But his loyalty is to Andy and to his, quote, purpose as a toy. And his purpose as a toy is to be played with by a kid. Mm-hmm. That one kid, that specific kid. And so when we get to the actual timeline of Toy Story 4, we see the world where Woody has no Andy. Mm-hmm. He is Bonnie, but Bonnie doesn't have him. And if he re-meets Bo Peep, does that change how he feels? So one thing, mm-hmm. another thing I read, and again, I forget who in Pixar said it, so I can't give them credit. But it was that they tried to make every movie a complete movie that stands on its own. So Toy Story hasn't been designed as a saga with four movies and a bunch of spinoffs. Like, they only make a story when it stands on its own and needs to be told. Nothing leads into a sequel. So I think we have Toy Story 4 for those reasons of, like, let's explore more of Woody if he doesn't get a happy ending after Toy Story 3. What did happen to Bo Peep? Let's bring her back because... Well, Peep is awesome. Right. Annie Potts is awesome. Annie Potts is awesome. Um, and also, Toy Story 3 made a crap ton of money and won an Oscar and is one of the most viewed movies in the world. It's not like a film franchise where fewer people see each sequel. Like, more people see each sequel. <laughs> <laughs> so, business-wise, there's also a good reason to make Toy Story 4. As long as they had a good story, which I think is what they were waiting for. And a lot of the people who worked on this movie have been the same people who have been working on the last two Toy Story movies, or more also. So it feels like a complete part of the same universe still. And let's not forget the other thing that happened, not related to the film. But John Lasseter still worked on the story. I know. I know. But there was also that. Um the John Lasseter leaving. Let's put air quotes around that leaving (laughs) Disney slash Pixar. Mm -hmm. So that also happened. And there are noticeably a lot more women characters in this movie. And I don't know if that's related or even subconsciously related. Um, But that is a thing in Toy Story 4. It feels smaller, too. I like how contained it feels, even though we're on a road trip um, with Bonnie. Bonnie's family takes her on a road trip. You know, it kind of hit, hit home for me because, you know, this past year was Jack's first year of, of school in kindergarten. And Bonnie's about to start school and the family's like, oh, gosh. And Bonnie reminds me a little bit of Jack. Mm-hmm. My... my six-year-old son a little bit so oh my god he's gonna turn seven in like three months um i'm having other things happening right now um but i feel like where was i going with that i just lost my i'm so distracted that he's starting first grade in a couple months what's happening Body reminds you of jack uh you see jack in this movie and oh okay i thank you so even though they're on a road trip to help bonnie 
deal with going to kindergarten. You know, like, let's have fun before the school year starts as a family. Um, they go on this, field, this road trip. And even though they go on this road trip and there's this, all this stuff to see, it still feels small and contained. You don't, mm. get a, you don't get a huge montage of all the places they're going. Um, you get a montage of Woody stopping Forky from getting in the trash. I mean, they never really make it anywhere either. They have to stop for the night at this carnival town place accidentally. They never get to their road trip destination. Right. And the toys help with that. <laughs> yeah. I think it also feels smaller because before we started recording, you and I were talking about the villains of the Toy Story franchise, the movies. Yes. Anyway. Yes. And so in Toy Story 1, you eloquently put that Woody is both the protagonist and the villain. Like, yeah, Sid, the other kid, is like an obstacle and like an evil obstacle, but Woody's the one who drives. He puts the obstacles in place in the movie. He himself is the bad guy, plot-wise. In a way, he tries to kill Buzz. He knocks Buzz <laughs> out the window. And the look on his face, if you go back and re-watch Toy Story, the original one, and see that look on his face, you're like, that's a villain. That's a bad guy. <laughs> that's a that's Disney a villain. There's lime green in that light. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not a good character. I mean, RC is lime green. <clears throat> I know. And... And RC is the thing that knocks, you know, the lamp that knocks Buzz out the window. And then Toy Story 2, you have uh, the Prospector and, to a lesser degree, Zerg. And Toy Story 3, of Lotso. So in the last two movies, they had, like, actual physical villains. Right. And I think Toy Story 4 feels smaller because you may think, but Gabby Gabby was the villain. But I think that in this movie, Woody's the hero and the villain again. They are only where they are because Woody is creating obstacles and trying to cling on to something that doesn't exist. Or as people have been eloquently saying, this movie wouldn't have happened if Woody listened to women. <laughs> Which is a way to describe the plot that is both accurate and doesn't at all tell you what happens in this movie. <laughs> and yes, we have Gabby Gabby who is a creepy evil villain doll, but she's just a foil for Woody because like how Woody is clinging on to this idea of Andy and being the favorite toy and helping a kid and having that. And he doesn't have that with Bonnie. He's clinging on to this old idea. Gabby Gabby's also clinging to this old idea of getting to help a kid and being that person. And she's pursuing it through evil, creepy means in an antique store. And on her own, she realizes at the end when she doesn't get what she wants with the kid that she wants it from. They're fleeing. She's going to go with them to be with Bonnie. And she sees another lost child and decides on her own, I have to help this child. This is what I need to do in life. It's not what I want, but it's what I need to do. That's the person I'm supposed to be with. And at the end of Toy Story 4, Woody gets that same realization. Bonnie is not the kid he's supposed to be with. Bo Peep is the person he's supposed to be with. And he has to make that choice on his own, like Gabby Gabby did. And in a lot of ways, so the first one, the first Toy Story, if we look at Woody, it's about Woody being loyal to Andy and giving up himself. Like, I don't care what's going to happen to me. I want what's best for Andy. And Andy wants Buzz, too. 
that's okay. And then Toy Story 2 is about him noticing what may happen and being okay with, I'll be fine even if Andy doesn't want me because I'll have him for now and making that decision. Toy Story 3 is, hey, we're all in this together. We're a bigger family. And Toy Story 4 is Woody finally being... How, how do I put this? So in, in the original Toy Story, he was being more loyal to himself in a negative way. And Toy Story 4 allows him to be loyal to himself in an actual good and healthy way. Mm-hmm. If that if, makes sense. If you were to take the story clock, which is a tool used for plotting like how the story works in a single thing, and ideally like at opposite ends, if, if you imagine a clock and your story goes from noon to midnight on this clock around clockwise, at opposite ends of this clock face, you have things that mirror each other, and that makes audiences go, oh. Which we get single-handedly in Toy Story 4, because as you pointed out at the beginning, is Woody with his hands on the box of Bo Peep, and then letting go, letting go of Bo Peep. And it moves, it, the movie ends with Woody with his hands on this like stone embarkment, trying to leave Bo Peep, and decides to stay instead. But if you do the story clock for all of the Toy Story franchise, this Woody being loyal to himself in a negative way to Woody being loyal to himself in a positive way is this nice mirror that happens. I think all of the four Toy Story movies fit on this. I was going to say Toy Story clock. Story clock. (laughs) The Toy Story clock. If you're curious about the story clock, I think you could go to plotdevices.co and see what the story clock is. That way, it's not something we've made up. We <laughs> Although I wish all... we had. Oh, I use it. I use it. I, I used it last week. So I love, I love the story clock. Um, but it, it does help you if, you if you look at it on a circle, especially these films, you get to see the mirroring and the juxtaposition and how they play with the decisions a character makes and because here's the thing um with the original toy story you get an outsider you get buzz lightyear who's an outsider to to andy's room and buzz lightyear he doesn't realize that he's a toy he thinks that he's a real space ranger and it's trying to figure out, um, but even though he doesn't realize he's a toy, he's loved by Andy, which makes Woody crazy. Like, how could you love this guy who is, doesn't even realize what it means to be a toy? How could you do that? And he, his goal is to get rid of him. Toy Story 4 flips that. Here's a spork, right? <laughs> Here's a spork. Um, it's trash that's been made into a toy. So it doesn't realize that it's a toy. Doesn't know what goes along with that. And the first part is Woody trying to convince Forky that he is 
a toy. And there is a point where it mirrors and he says, you are a toy, which I was so happy to hear because that's one of the main parts of Toy Story, the original Toy Story. You are a toy. You are a child's plaything. But here it's this authentic of you are a toy and it comes with this responsibility. And it's him trying to help Forky. And whereas he is the person who pushed Buzz out the window in the first movie, it's Forky who throws himself out the window. Mm-hmm. And in both cases, Woody trying to bring that back one to redeem himself and two to give himself purpose and it's all these things like this and i need to rewatch the first three now um <laughs> and we'll get into this later in the episode too but it's all these things that make me feel like toy story 4 above and beyond toy story 3 is a satisfying end to the toy story saga like these four films tell a complete satisfying story that is surprising and how it unfolds and mirrors itself along the way Mm. way more so than toy story 3 which is also fun and i also left feeling like that's a good end but toy story 4 feels way more satisfying of an ending so i think this movie justifies itself existing 100 percent. i would agree um because it's woody's story and i didn't feel that way until i looked back in my head to remember everything and all the themes and all the characters say, Oh, it's been Woody's story this whole time. Cause it's not about Woody and Buzz. It's not even about Woody and Bo Peep necessarily. Cause it's not toys story. It's toy story. So it's, it has been about Woody this whole time. So Woody yeah, is it, the toy. Woody is the toy, the toy of toy story. And it also feels I don't know if it's just the passage of time. (laughs) But it feels like a Toy Story movie in the year 2019 about like a sheriff doll as opposed to 1995. Like we're so far from the time when those were toys that people had. Like Woody feels so outdated now. And he was supposed to feel outdated, I think, at the first Toy Story. That was the whole point. Right. But now he feels so outdated. There's a certain like pleasing thing to this of like watching just like this out this old fashioned like sheriff toy find out that he's not wanted now and that's okay because he can live his own life and find new meaning and what that means in the future rather than the past. But here's something else that I didn't think of until you started talking about, you know, him being out of date. So Bonnie has been taking the sheriff badge off of Woody and putting it on to Jesse. Which I love, 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 love. It's like, oh, women can be sheriffs. And of course, Bonnie wants to have and play with toys that reflect her and what she sees in the world. That's the point. Andy was a white boy in the 90s. He had a white sheriff doll, a white boy sheriff doll, and a white boy space explorer doll, despite the fact that Buzz Lightyear, as a cartoon show, had lots of non-white boy characters and other things. He didn't get any (laughs) of the other toys. He got just Buzz. Also, 
based on my purchase of Buzz Lightyear <laughs> figures, um, I can understand a parent not buying all the other toys. <laughs> like, oh man, that's wait, it's twenty five just for that one. Oh, <laughs> and it has to be the talking one. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I mean, growing up, I just lived off of those like $7 Star Wars figures and had like all of those, like the most remote. You saw the least of that character in like the background shot of Moss Eisley. Like I had that action figure because those were $7 <laughs> or like four on sale when no one wanted to buy the action figure of the character in the background shot of Moss Eisley. <laughs> Your Buzz Lightyear, those are 25 or with inflation. 40. Oh, man. I will say the construction of the buzzes that I saw last night is not as high quality as the original buzz that I got in 1995. He's not the main character now. He doesn't have to last. Oh, I understand that. And he wasn't the main character then. He was... He was a foil. Um, this is a good way to transition into characters a little bit, because, yes, Buzz is a foil in this movie, for a Toy Story movie, you might be expecting a lot of Buzz Lightyear. Right. And he still has a role, which is good, but they kind of, um, spoilers for the MCU, they Thor him. I think they finally figured out how to make a good Buzz movie in that he's a lovable idiot. Mm. Buzz's whole plot is he hears this idea of listening to your inner voice, and he doesn't know what that means, and he realizes he has talkie buttons. <laughs> and so he pushes his talking buttons to hear is a literal inner voice talking to him like the Buzz Lightyear catchphrases and decides what to do based on that and it's so charming and so true to Buzz and it almost feels like a different character but a better character than what we've had with Buzz recently I would agree with that I think Buzz is Buzz's character is built around his um, otherworldliness, to be honest. He doesn't fit in the world and he doesn't understand the rules. So he's always an outsider, um, especially in, was it three? Yeah, I think it was in three that they had his Spanish language turned on. Mm -hmm. That was great. Evil so, Spanish Buzz. Oh, he wasn't evil. He just he was re factory reset essentially and put into Spanish. So like you ended up the same thing. Like, oh, okay, what what are we getting now? <laughs> but it's always meant that you know Buzz is this strange outsider, and it's always different. You know, he's never been the heart of of the story. He's something. He's a mirror but a distorted mirror for what Woody's going through. Mm -hmm. But he's also a little bit of the new Woody, because as you're talking about the parallels of the first movie, when Woody goes missing, Buzz goes after him on his own in a mission to save this other toy that belongs in their family. Mm -hmm. So Buzz has come full circle as a character, too. I would argue I think there's only three characters in Toy Story 4 that drive the plot forward. And then you have new characters and old characters after that that are just kind of there and on the sidelines. But I think Buzz is one of the three driving the plot forward, even though he's not like the main, main character. No, we he spent causes, a lot of time with Buzz. He causes decisions to be made. 
And it's and, through his decisions you start to understand Woody's decisions. Yes. And then otherwise we have Woody and Bo Peep. And Woody, I think we spent a lot of time with already as the main character of this movie and as revealed Darth Vader style, the main character of this saga. <laughs> um, but we haven't talked about Bo Peep yet, and I want to talk about Bo Peep. Yes, please, let's. I don't even know where to begin. They, um, Mrs. Incredible, her. Okay, say, say one or two more sentences about that. I want to hear more about that. I think Bo Peep was a main character in the first Toy Story movie. And she had a lot to do when she kind of existed within the framework of the kind of toy that she was and like toys that were supposedly marketed for girls in the 90s. And then in Toy Story 2, I don't remember anything about Bo Peep, but she was in it. And Toy Story 3, as we pointed out, she's not in it. And so it kind of felt like they lost a purpose for her over time. And Toy Story 4 kind of goes back to ask like, well, why did we lose a purpose for our main female character originally before Jesse. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? And what does that mean for Bo Peep? And it turns out Bo Peep has had this whole background character arc this whole time <laughs> of discovering <laughs> who she is and being strong and setting out on her own and doing this stuff. Well, there's also the nice, here's the thing about Bo Peep is she was not all a toy in the same sense. She was a decoration. Mm -hmm. She's porcelain on a lamp. And the kids turned her into a toy because they used her as the damsel in distress. That's how she always was used. Something for um, Sheriff Woody to go after and save. That's all she was. Um, and she's delicate. And she's fragile. Um, because she's a woman and she's porcelain. Mm -hmm. So it says a lot right there about how they saw her. And I think they play with that, those expectations. Um, we see Bo Peep with um, broken pieces because, hey, if you're out there on your own as a porcelain doll, you'll, you'll get broken. Um, you see her arm is taped together. Um, little other chips are going on. Um, and there's a point where Woody accidentally pulls her arm off <laughs> and she screams like, oh, my gosh. And he screams. And then she's like, ah, I'm just messing with you because like it happens. And then she tapes herself back together. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, but when her arm came off, I felt I felt panic <laughs> a little because it's like, oh, you see her as the material, but she doesn't see herself as weak or fragile she sees herself as the same toy as anybody else she's got a whole new full life and not just that i think she's had like three lives since woody's last seen her because yeah. we see her in her current life but her past life at some point was in this antique store she was in the antiques so now she's a, a renegade play with whatever kid she wants on the playground um or she, not or not that uh, right around in your skunk mobile, uh, which I think is really awesome that they came up with this. Um, but where'd they get the skunk skin? I want to know, I, did they <laughs> did they murder a skunk? Did Bo Peep and Giggle McDimples murder a skunk? 
Now, that's an animated short waiting to happen. Let's murder <laughs> this skunk. Let's murder a skunk. Do, 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 do. Or did they find roadkill? I think that's a little bit more likely. More likely. Still too gruesome to put in a Toy Story animated short. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> there's her. Um, then there was her in the antique store with her on-again, off-again relationship with Doom Duke Kaboom. That's I just gotta say, slightly. pause. Keanu Reeves is everywhere lately. And Duke Kaboom is so different than regular Keanu. I was delightfully pleased with everything Duke Kaboom did. Mm. He's, again, he's that foil. He's that. If you mirror them, if you go Bo Peep and Woody are outdated versions of what kids would want outdated versions of uh, the male and female characters, the damsel and the hero that are on their own, then Duke Kaboom has to mirror Buzz. Yep. And in very many ways he does, not just in emotion and what he's dealing with, but in the way his articulation, the way he moves, like it's very Buzz-ish. And Buzz is from space. Duke is from Canada. From another world. He may as well be from another world. Rejean. Rejean. No, Rejean. I'm sorry, Rejean. So amazing. <laughs> oh, it was just a commercial. <laughs> now, overall, my. The one thing that's still bugging me beyond our three main characters is I don't think anyone else besides Gabby Gabby really is important or irreplaceable by any other toy in this movie. And you have like this push and pull between this whole full cast of new characters and new toys. Yes. And the old characters and old toys. Right. And it feels like neither set really gets the development that I wanted or that they deserve. And I would have been fine either way if they chose like, cool, we're only doing old characters or cool. We're only doing new characters would have been happy either way. And without that, I, I do feel left wanting for development of both sets of characters. Mm. Like giggle McDimples was just there because I needed a toy in another location at one point in the heist. To give the signal. Otherwise, I don't know what Giggle McDimples did. Understood. And Bunny and Ducky are funny, and some of their scenes and ideas are my favorites in the movie, but I don't know what Bunny and Ducky contribute to the plot of Toy Story 4. Hmm. Yeah, besides helping Buzz escape. And even then, like, not really. <laughs> right. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and you know, because I think you're. I think what you're feeling is you're you're missing some of that relationship 
one, the relationship that they have to the plot, the mm-hmm. relationship that they have to the main character. And barring that <laughs> is the thematic relationship that they have to what the hero is going through. Yeah. And I don't watch all the other shorts and specials, so I don't get to see that relationship build between movies. Right. So it's going straight from numerical Toy Story 3 to numerical Toy Story 4. It's like a Kingdom Hearts franchise now. You can't go from two to three. You have to play like the five games in between. <laughs> and I don't think it's so much like that. I think they, for the people who have watched those, they reward them. But also it's, I mean, it's not about them. It's more about, hey, this is the, this is the way of life here. And then setting apart this, hey, this is the way the world works over in this area. And I would have loved to see more of Jesse's perspective on that. I agree. I felt like she got. Her moments are so interesting, as you've pointed out, like her getting the sheriff badge and being the sheriff now. It's really interesting, but we don't see much of her take on these events happening. Right. I would have loved a moment between her and Buzz when Buzz is deciding to go. Uh, you know, listening to his inner voice. I feel like they needed a, a Jesse moment there. Mm-hmm. And there's probably a ton of Jesse deleted scenes that we're like wanting forward will be on the Disney plus release of this later this year. I, I do appreciate that. They, I mean, she did have some of the ideas to stop them, you know, to stop the RV. So she was, she was involved with that. Um, but only after both Woody and Buzz were already gone. Correct. It's yes. like, oh, Jesse's in charge now. Also, this other doll whose name I forget, who's she's ostensibly the, in charge, has no authority whatsoever on this road trip. She's the mayor. She's the mayor. I can't remember her name. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's my, sure. my one complaint. Still like the movie overall. Liked all the characters. I just wanted like more time with each character, but then I'd be wanting like a three hour movie. So I understand the decisions they made to cut that down too. Yeah. I'm like negotiating with myself out of complaining now. I mean, it's still a solid film story, thematic character wise, but I think, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you in terms of the the side characters. We do get a lot from Forky, which is nice. Um, Although some of the bigger questions, I feel, weren't as finished. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. If we'd spent more time with Forky, Forky's like almost fully formed for me. Like I said, Gabby Gabby, I think, is the only fully formed other character in this movie who justifies being there. Forky gets really close, and then you get everybody else. And there was a little bit of the, that I had trouble with is, you're here, then you're going, we have to get back to the carnival, now we're trying to get back over here, now we have to go back into this place, now we have to go, it felt a little bit like, wait, now we have to go where for what? (laughs) Why Why are we going back here? So, I think but, it helped that it was also small, like the RV, the carnival, and the store were all right next to each other. There wasn't like right. 
a journey between each one. Right. That did help. Mm-hmm. Mm. So as far as justifying its existence, as we've already said, yes, it does justify its existence. Um, what is the uh, future? Is there going to be a Toy Story 5? I mean, as I've personally stated, I feel like this is a very satisfying thematic end to Woody's story and the Toy Story saga. Um, however, um, and even despite Tom Hanks saying somewhere that he thinks that this is the final film, we know there's more Toy Story in the future. <laughs> Coming this fall to Disney+, Plus. <laughs> two, I forget what they are, uh, there's Forky Asks a Question, some kind of series involving Forky somehow on Disney+. Plus. And, um, yes, prequels. <laughs> um, I guess there's Lamp Life, which is the story of Bo Peep at the Antique Shop coming to Disney+. Plus. Really? Yeah, so this thing we said we thought would be interesting and wanted. Lamp Life, coming this fall to Disney+. Plus. What? Chris is Googling for our listeners. Are you, are you serious? I am. That's a thing. I'm like 98% sure that's a thing I didn't dream up. Lamp Life will be a standalone short film starring Bo Peep. This will provide audiences with another chance to catch up with the classic character who hasn't gotten any screen time since 1999. Fill in some gaps that Toy Story 4 intentionally leaves empty. So it's, a, so it's not a series. Okay. It's a short yeah. film. I can... Okay. It's a short, and that's okay. So they probably had, like, one or two deleted scenes from Toy Story 4 they decided to flesh out as a short film. And that works for me. I want to see that story. You know It's not Toy Story 5. It's not. It's not. And you know what's really weird for me? Hmm. Um, just thinking about things that leave that are byproducts of this is there are now toys being made of a spork. <laughs> yes. Like there are the expensive spork toys, expensive spork toys that you can make from your own pipe cleaners and whatnot. There are spork toys. There's not it's, like a DIY spork kit. You, there's not like a Toy Story 4 birthday party kit that's just like a bunch of sporks and pipe cleaners and googly eyes. I just don't understand. It's just so bizarre. But. All right. Tony Hale says that Forky asks. Forky asks. Well, I guess I'm in Futurama. Forky asks a question. Um, says they are shorts that are about five to ten minutes each. I think it'll be like story bots, but in the Toy Story world. And probably things being the wrong answers, because it depends on who's answering them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. There's more Toy Story franchise in the future. More to the saga? I don't know. Franchise? Yes. And that's a good... Um, 
delineation to make. I think the Toy Story saga is done. There may not be a Toy Story 5 numeral. It may not be a, an episode, but yeah. it may be a new trilogy that starts. I think we are ready to move to Toy Story colon Tokyo Drift, where we get Woody and Duke Kaboom in this whole new world doing this whole new story. And then we'll get Toy Story 2 Furious, um, where we have Buzz and the old crew doing their thing. Then in Toy Story <gasps> 7, no, we get to infinity game. to beyond. That's what to it infinity to, be. to beyond. You're right. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm, now I really want to see Toy Story to infinity to beyond. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would be equally satisfied. There's probably more in this franchise's future, assuming that it that Toy Story 4 makes anywhere near as much money as Toy Story 3 did. If not more. Well, here's the thing. The box office, it opened to 47 million on Friday, and it's trying to open possibly at 120 to 125 million, according to some estimates, which is below the 140. Oh my gosh, not below, you know, not 125 million. Um, and behind the the record of Incredibles 2, which was 182 million. That's its opening. Mm -hmm. I think it's also important to note that the number of theaters showing Toy Story 4 its opening weekend is the second highest number of theaters to show a movie ever for opening weekend, short of Avengers Endgame. Hmm. Everybody wants to show this movie. So hopefully it's, uh, I think expectations are high. Um, that's why I think this would still be success if it's not at Toy Story 3 levels, but close. That'd be cool. Um, I think we'll still see more Toy Story in the future somehow. Yes. Maybe not Toy Story, like Toy... Uh, I don't know, Toy Yojimbo. I don't know. Something. Toy Rashomon, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to say to finish off this conversation about Toy Story 4? I feel like I've said it all on my part. All right, well, do you have a favorite thing from Toy Story 4? I'm going to cheat because I have a non-Toy Story 4 favorite thing and a Toy okay. Story 4 favorite thing. <clears throat> Long-time listeners will know that I'm a big Mike Mignola fan who does uh, Hellboy and all that. And in research for this, I learned that Mike Mignola did the first poster for the TV short Toy Story that time forgot. So imagine like a Toy Story poster in the Hellboy style. And that's magical to me. Didn't know that existed. Great. I love it. Gonna save it to my desktop. Um, actual Toy Story 4 favorite thing. Anytime Forky goes, trash. Trash? No, no. Toys. They're all toys. T -t 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 trash. No, no, no. That's the trash. These are your friends. Hello. Hey. Ah. <gasps> trash. Shh, shh, shh. No, no, it's okay. Trash. I need 
every gif of that for when I'm doing something super trashy or I'm loving some kind of trashy TV show. Um, <laughs> I just need that to defend myself. Like, I am trash and I'm going to dive spork head first into this trash can of trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's warm. It is warm. It's, it's, it's comforting. <laughs> it's warm. It's comforting. <gasps> I'm Bonnie's trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. How about you, Chris? For me, I think it was just something ridiculous. It was a bunny and ducky moment. So they're coming up with the plan for how they're going to get the key um, from the antique to unlock the cabinet. And they're just like, oh, how about this? And the plan is just jumping out and like tackling the old woman's face. You know, they're like, okay, how about this plan? And it's just slightly different but also jumping in the woman's face and grabbing the like that's their whole plan like okay how about this one and they have this third plan but you see the woman go home she's driving home she's like having a glass of wine and a you know a bubble <laughs> bath and then it cuts back they're like wait where's this going it's like we're getting there we're getting there and then <laughs> it's just this idea of it's just going to be them jumping in her face but they're going to they're going to make me wait for it. They're going to make me they're just going to make you forget what the whole conceit was. So that way, when it happens and she they jump in her face again, that's going to make it worthwhile. That's classic key and peel. And I 100 percent believe in my heart of hearts, my funny bone of funny bones. That key and peel ad lib this entire thing that the animators <laughs> then went and animated instead of having them describe it. I fully believe that's what happened. And then the kicker, like the cherry on top. So that's that's a beautiful, beautifully formed sundae whipped cream. It's delicious on its own. The cherry on top is the reality of what happened. And all she did was put the key next to them and they got it. Like it, it, it negates the need for any plan, any fight or any. It's just, oh, I'll put the key down. This is where the key goes. Mm-hmm. Magical, and it just negates everything. It's just so satisfying and ridiculous. Like, so what happened? You know, how did it work? It was hard. It was very hard. Like that. <laughs> that whole sequence of stuff with the key. That just. That was my favorite thing, and it. And yeah, I, I know I have my bunny ducky issues thematically, but they're funny. I like them. I want them in uh, the movie. But yeah. Do you actually have laser eyes? <laughs> I want just. I don't know. Like we have we have the Key and Peel show. I want just the Bunny and Ducky show. It's yeah. just Key and Peel, but with Bunny and Ducky in the Toy Story universe. It works for me. <laughs> Give the people what they want. As, as long as they as much as they try to be, go on and be their own thing. People still find them joined. They still are stuck together by that, by their hands. I think they're they're a good duo. Like you and me, we can exist separately and do our own thing, but we're a good duo. Yeah. That's right. I compared us to Key and Peele. Take that, world. <laughs> Digest that for a week. <laughs> well, should we um, discuss homework time? Let's. For next time, we're going to do an update on LGBTQ animation. 
So your homework, should you choose to accept it, is watch uh, the episode of Arthur, Mr. Ratbird and the Special Someone, which is season 22, episode 1, and also watch Steven Universe season 5, episode 23, Reunited. And what other LGBTQ animation you can find. We'll talk about that too, so spoilers maybe. But those are the two main things we're talking about. As always, we want to say thank you to Nigel Coutinho, our sound engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find us on Twitter, at WG Animated, and you can find us on uh, all of our show notes on our Podbean website, writersgetanimated.podbean.com. I always feel like I need to say, like, with Toy Story, it's like, there's a snake in my boot. Or, you know. Right, there is a snake in your boot. Which was the most, you left your, to the antique store, you left your backpack there. Like, that was one of my favorite moments. (laughs) I did love that, the reliability of, like, this child's going to remember where her backpack was. (laughs) You forget anything? (laughs) Nope. So true. So true. (laughs) And adding E to the end of something that you named. This is Forky. We have so many stuffed animals. We have Snakey. We have Sharky. Like. (laughs) Good night, everyone.